Regions believes that being a bank means serving the community. Regions is shining the light on local food banks as they feed our neighbors in need. See how you can help at regions.com slash food bank. The Regions branches are open by drive through or lobby appointment only. Bank safely and securely from almost anywhere with Regions Online banking or mobile banking. Data rates may apply. Regions Bank. Member FDIC. The Duly Noted Podcast is brought to you by Tire Kingdom. Let Tire Kingdom get you there safely and affordably. Midas. Trust the Midas Touch. Outback Steakhouse. No rules, just right. And by Regions Bank. Making life better every day. This is Duly Noted. Everything Florida Gators with your host, Pat Dooley. Okay, welcome into another edition of the Duly Noted Podcast. Appreciate everybody for clicking on. We got a lot of great uh, comments uh, last week. I did I did want to mention uh, the, the two things that came in the mail when I came in here to the office to get to do the podcast. I didn't mention the names of the guys who gave them to me, I don't believe, but Mark Myers gave me the Robert Morris T-shirt, wore it proudly, uh, and uh, Robert Jerry... With the fly over country CD, I listened to the whole thing. Very uh, Grateful Dead-like, I thought. Uh, I loved the first song, Too Thick to Drink, which I may be. Uh, so thanks again for that. Anybody who wants to send me T-shirts and uh, CDs, I'm, I'm all in favor of it. Um, again, we're going to do another podcast next week, then take a week off, do another one on the 30th, and then we'll take some time off. We'll just see what's going on at that point. I can't tell you when for sure it's going to come back. Uh, today we'll have Jay Billis as our special guest. Man, I cannot wait to talk to him. He always does a great job. All right. The boys are back in town, as we know. It was kind of cool yesterday to be driving by uh, the practice facility and see guys out there. Um I wrote about it today, how they're they're doing it indoors. They're, Florida's the only school in the SEC, I believe, that is doing it indoors. Um, the reason they're doing it that way is because they can open up those big um, doors that allow all that air to come in. Air is not the problem, right? Uh, air, it, this is not an airborne um, virus. The virus comes from person to person, not floating around in the air, you know, all over the place. And uh, they, look, they've done a lot of their research. They've talked to a lot of medical people. And again, you can't do much better than Shans for talking to experts on what's going on. And um, the guys are over there lifting weights and shifts. And, and we'll see where this all goes. Florida tested 87 players so far and 80 of them tested negative. The other seven, they're waiting on their tests. That's a good sign. That means to me, at least, these guys listen to their coaches and did what they were supposed to do. You know, I've said all along, I like the idea of uh, the fact that Florida listens to their coach, their head coach and their coaches, because they get that these guys know what they're doing. And and I, I'm a big believer that this kind of started with that Vanderbilt game a couple years ago. When they, when they told these guys, hey, look, we know how to still win this game. We're getting our butts kicked. Can't stop tackle Keyshawn Vaughn. We know how to win the game. Just do the things we're going to tell you to do how to do in the second half, and we'll win. That's all you got to do. And they went out, and they won the game. 
Everybody's like, hey, maybe we should listen to these guys. I, I think that was a turning point for Dan Mullen's Florida coaching career. I really do. Um, but there's a lot of confidence over there, obviously. There's confidence in a lot of things. There's confidence that Dan Mullen has. There's confidence that uh, I think the staff has. And, and I think there's confidence that the players have. There's confidence that Scott Strickland has in terms of uh, – you know, playing a game, and he believes in front of a full stadium. Now, first of all, it's not going to be a full stadium uh, because people aren't going to go the way they normally would go. With even if things get better, even if things improve, and don't forget, we have had the last week we had fourteen states have their uh, highest rate of of uh, positive tests. Most of them in the southeast. I'm a big believer that. And again, I don't. I'm not an expert, but I believe this because we're testing more. That's one reason it was a higher number. It's, but it is a little bit nerve wracking, you know, to think about 14 states, most of them again in the SEC's footprint, that tested had had their highest positives test. But we'll see where we're going. We'll just see where it is a week from now, and then a week from then. Remember, I said if I could come back uh, today after some of the things that were going on on Memorial Day and was still feel felt pretty good, I'd feel better. If I can come back next Tuesday and do a podcast and feel better about where we are, it's a better another improvement. That's just the way it is. Every day that goes by, you hope it gets better. For a long time there, it just kept getting worse. A lot of people are dead. A lot of people have been uh, sick. A lot of people are um, still fighting it. But the, the ideal thing is that we it, it just continues to get better. I think we've done a great ta- great job of, of dealing with it in this town. Um, so we'll see where it goes. But we could be headed, and I don't know, I've thought about writing a column about this, and I think I might. We could be headed for an awesome couple of months if there isn't that second wave. If we get things in, in good shape and maybe there is – we're closer to a cure, closer to a vaccine, and we could be headed towards a month where all of a sudden, oh, we got. Let's see what we have uh, this month. We have the Masters, the World Series, the uh, NBA Finals, NFL, college football, Florida, Georgia. I'm not going to give away too much of what I'm going to write about, but we deserve something like that, wouldn't you agree? Us sports fans that feel so deprived. I've said this before. Everybody keeps going, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do without football. We need football. We miss football. You wouldn't have had any football anyway. Don't forget that. But we're able to deal with no football because we have baseball and we have golf and we have tennis and we have soccer and whatever you want, whatever your sport that you like is. This would have been – I don't know where we would be – this weekend right now as we sit here on tuesday when i'm recording this if florida was hosting a super regional i will say this and i do want to talk about the new baseball stadium a little bit i know i wrote about it today but um we've had so much rain i don't know how many we might be still waiting for the first game to be played but the good news is and i wrote about this the we walked the field and we had gotten five and a half inches of rain on Sunday, and that field was dry as you could ask for. You could have it, it was incredible. So they and all, what they did is they they dug a base two feet below and did things the right way. 
And I will just tell you, that stadium is so nice. They truly believe. And, the, and look, they're using the same people that built it. They built Duty Noble in Mississippi State. They built 20 of the 30 baseball parks in Major League Baseball. They built um, a bunch of other uh, around the country. But they believe they built the best one for the fans. This is a baseball stadium for the fans. I can't wait for you guys to get to go see it, and I can't wait for the opening day. All right, we got a lot of things to talk about. Again, Jay Billis will join us a little bit later, but we got to take a break. We'll do that. We'll come back. You're listening to the Duly Noted Podcast at Gatorsports.com. Tire Kingdom is open to serve your auto repair needs at all 190-plus locations throughout the state of Florida. Tire Kingdom is taking additional safety precautions and offers curbside and stay-in-car services. Tire Kingdom is currently offering oil change specials and essential business appreciation offers on tires and service. Visit TireKingdom.com for details. That's TireKingdom.com. Hey, Gator fans, in all kinds of weather, we all stick together, and we need that now more than ever. Doors are open at your local Gainesville Midas on Archer Road and at other Midas locations throughout the country. At Midas, our doors have been open since 1956, and that's not going to change now. As an essential business, we remain committed to keeping the health and safety of you and your vehicle a priority. Come on by or go to Midas.com to find your local store hours. One thing I did want to – obviously, I'm going to talk, just touch on this a little bit. We've been dealing with it. I'm going to talk to Jay Billis a little bit about it. Obviously, what's going on in our country, uh, there's a lot of – some coaches are getting grief. Uh, Kirk Ferentz, I don't know if he's in trouble, trouble, but there's certainly a lot of people coming out with more and more negative things uh, to say. Uh, one of his players said he basically organized a raid against him to because he wanted to catch him with drugs and other – talking about the use of the N-word. and uh, But on the other hand, you have coaches who are stepping forward and doing the right thing, marching. Uh, Will Muschamp, Mark Stoops, people like that. The uh, the guy at uh, Jeff Scott at USF, the new coach there, Lane Kiffin. Sam Pittman did it quietly and anonymously. He didn't want anybody to know he was there. He just wanted to be part of it. He wanted to support his team. So all that stuff, there's a lot of positive stuff coming out of this. There's still a lot of negative stuff. It's very hard. I put this poll up. I didn't even put a poll up. I just asked the readers. I'm thinking about not doing Tweet of the Week because I'm getting tired of being on Twitter. It's very hard. Um, people, there's so much negativity on there. So much. And not. I'm not talking about directed at me. Look, I get it all the time. I got, a, I got an email from couple people but they didn't like something i wrote uh the passing of richie caldwell was certainly heartbreaking i didn't get into detail about the problems he'd had with the law um and and certainly that's he got involved with the wrong people but as i i wanted to reach back out to somebody and go oh do you have information on who killed him do you know that who it was there, there were people that he got mess, mixed up with do you know that 
Because if you do, you need to call the Hillsborough County Police Department and let them know. Because apparently you know something that nobody else has been able to identify. So shut up. Um, <laughs> I don't mean that meanly. I just mean, come on, man. I'm trying to write about a guy who has been, was a really good player at Florida and was a really good, I, I got along with him great. He got lost after the NFL, got in trouble, went to prison, seemed to maybe be turning his life around. I, I don't, I, I want to remember Rache Caldwell the right way, not not the, the guy who got in trouble. And again, I'm not going to remember Aaron Hernandez the right way, but Rache did, here's what Rache did. He had a little bookmaking thing with his buddies. Okay. And he ordered Molly through the mail, <laughs> which is kind of stupid, but he did it. And he got caught. That's it. Anyway. Um, so here's one question I have, though. I, I lost my train of thought there, and I'm, I apologize. Here's... One th- one question I have. Why we're tearing down all these Confederate statues? And I'm like, why is this the only reason we're doing it? Why has nobody at, at any point said we need to tear them down? Now, I think it's in Virginia they're saying, no way, we're not tearing any of them down. We believe in that heritage. And, and look, I do get people that believe in a Southern heritage. What you can't believe is in is... That it was great the old days when you had slaves, because that's basically what the Confederacy stood for. And I, look, I'm not going to give you history lessons. There was a lot more to the Civil War, and I get that. I read a lot about it. It wasn't just about slavery. That was kind of a hot button topic. That was the hot take. If if you had uh, Kellerman and Stephen A. Smith or Anybody else would skip Bayless talk about it. They would be, the slavery would be the number one topic. And if you're putting up statues to honor people, obviously in the South, they're all over the place. And now they're coming down. They, a bunch of them came down though, after Ferguson and Charlottesville. But I guess now, oh, it's really gotten bad now. Now we're really seeing racism. We've got to take them down. Just wipe them all out. That's fine. We shouldn't have to go through this every time. Uh, it turns out we do have a, a Confederate statue over here. Of We're not sure of his name. We can't really read it, but we're going to tear it down. I don't know. It just seems kind of crazy to me. And we're also going to have a big standoff on the kneeling on the national anthem deal. Um, look, to me, if you want to say you cannot desecrate the flag in any way, I understand that. You should never, I don't, I'm not a big person who believes in burning the flag, but it is your right. There is a code that was put in a long time ago, not not that long ago, but a code that was put in, but it's not a law that says you can't desecrate the flag. That includes wearing clothes with the flag on them. That includes wearing a bikini, red, white, and blue bikini with the stars and stripes. That includes holding the flag flat instead of ra- uh, raising it. Well, you hold it flat for every football game, okay? There, so, I, I look, I'm not thrilled when I see people burning flags, but you do have a right. Oh, nobody fought. We didn't fight for the right for people, hippies, to burn flags or people to kneel during the flag. Yeah, you did. 
You did fight for that right. You fought for the right to have freedom. And you have freedom as long as you're not hurting anybody. You, you have freedom to do what you need to do. You have freedom to kneel. And now we have a big, we have a big standoff. The owners don't want it because most of the owners are very conservative. Most of the owners are Trump supporters. Trump obviously doesn't want it. Players want it. Seems like Goodell's kind of leaning that way. It's going to be really fascinating to see where this goes. You know, I, I'm I'm just fascinated by it. All right, I've talked way too much politics here, and I, and again, I'm not trying to be a political guy, but we're in the middle of a situation that is going to affect sports for a long time. Sports, these kids, these young people are being empowered. And I'm going to talk to Jay Billis about that as well. Uh, you know, I, I, I thought something was interesting. You know, of course, golf starts Friday, uh, Thursday back after a 13-week uh, layoff. Jim Nance said this, I consider this the most important moment in this country in my lifetime. And I think that's where a lot of us are. We're going to see what happens here. We're going to see how people handle this going forward um all right i um I, I tell you what we'll do we'll go ahead and take a break might be a little bit of a shorter one today um just because i gotta i gotta go feed i gotta go cook dinner believe it or not i know what you're saying you better not be all right um it won't be good if i'm cooking it but uh, let's get a break. Let's get Jay Billis on. Then we'll come back and three things. And also a co- another couple of things I want to talk about. When we return, you're listening to the Duly Noted podcast at Gatorsports.com. Outback Steakhouse is committed to serving communities by doing what they do best, serving you and making a great steak. That's why Outback has curbside takeaway and delivery open and available starting daily at 11 a.m. at most locations. Let Outback help make things a little easier and taste a whole lot better. Visit Outback.com for more information and to place your curbside takeaway order. And Outback will bring your order straight to your car. Or you can order delivery directly from Outback.com. You can also find Outback Steakhouse on DoorDash and Uber Eats. Regions believes that being a bank means serving the community. Regions is shining the light on local food banks as they feed our neighbors in need. See how you can help at Regions.com slash food bank. The region's branches are open by drive through or lobby appointment only. Bank safely and securely from almost anywhere with region's online banking or mobile banking. Data rates may apply. Region's Bank. Member FDIC. All right, welcome back to the Duly Noted Podcast. It's a great pleasure to be joined by Jay Billis, who we uh, really enjoy his commentary and all the things he has to say on ESPN and uh, just uh, one of the smartest guys I know. And I don't know many people, so that don't take it too, as too much of a compliment. But, uh, <laughs> but Jay, uh, you know, the, I want to start – there's a million things I want to talk to you about, but the number one thing is obviously with what we've been go- seeing going through in, in our country, I want to see this continue. This I don't want to see this like – it feels to me like Ferguson and Charlottesville, it all kind of stopped after a while. 
you know, statues, some statues came down and people stopped talking. We've got to keep talking about this stuff. Yeah, Pat, it certainly feels different, and that's a good thing. Uh, and I think there's a realization on the part of, of most fair-minded people, if not all fair-minded people, that uh, we need to address not just the, the, the current feelings of, of people, but the, the enduring systemic issues uh, in our country. I think, I think all fair-minded people agree there is systemic racism, and there is systemic police brutality against African-Americans in our country. Uh, so the, the question now becomes, if, if we acknowledge that, and all fair-minded people, I believe, do, uh, then what do we do to address it and eliminate it? And that's really the issue, is what do we do to address it and eliminate it? And the first thing to me, or I, I shouldn't say the first thing, among the first things have been the acknowledgement and then also uh, de- having the, the difficult conversations about dealing with issues of insensitivity uh, in, in the discussion. And, and there has been, in certain pockets, some reluctance to do that. That's been disappointing. But uh, uh, I think we're, um, we're in a, a better place to uh, make you know, real change going forward than we have been in a long time. But I, I, I and this is the best I've felt about where we can go uh, ever. I've never felt this good about where we can go. And so that's I think that's a positive in a uh, in the midst of a whole lot of negative. And uh, and I, I'm, I'm very hopeful, but at the same time, realistic. Yeah, I think one of the most the, the best things I saw was uh, a guy who plays here, Scotty Lewis, get starting a a march and getting up and talking. And there does seem to be some empowerment among the student athletes right now. Yes, and and I think it will extend beyond the current but but vital issues that we're dealing now uh, dealing with now, and the systemic issues uh, to all issues that players uh, feel are important. And that's another area where I'm hopeful is that uh, the entrenched power in, especially in college athletics, that the players will feel free to step forward and speak out. Uh, And and I think they're in the best position they've ever been in, uh, in order to do that without having concern uh, about retribution or discouragement you know, oftentimes when it comes to, to players speaking their minds, you've seen uh, football and co- basketball coaches especially uh, using, you know, discouraging that mm-hmm. by saying, uh, hey, we, ha- we all have to, we have to do this together. No- nobody should do this. You know, we have to do this as a team. Uh, those kind of, well, those are, those are intentionally discouraging. Uh, we have to avoid distractions, you know, things like that. Um, they're not going to be able to to have that carry the day right now, and and I think that that will have that has changed going into the future. That that's not going to be good enough, I think, to quiet uh, the players and, and their their feelings and, and when they feel they should speak out individually and collectively. 
another thing that you've been very vocal about is the name, image, and likeness. And we're still in a in a weird place with that. To me, when the Power Five conferences basically say, "Forget the NCAA, Congress. We need you to come up with something." Uh, I don't know where this is headed exactly in terms of the structure it's going to have, but uh, I'm just curious what your thoughts on where we are with uh, NILs right now. Well, when the NCAA first came out, there's a little bit of history here that, that's probably useful. So when the state of California had a bill, its bill that it wanted to bring into law where uh, California students could take advantage of their name, image, and likeness rights, the NCAA, and specifically Mark Emmert, came out and said, this is wrong, this is an existential threat to the NCAA, and it's an extra existential threat to college sports. He also made veiled threats at the state of California saying, if you go through with this, uh, it will only hurt your athletes because they will be ineligible. They, you know, they will not be able to play. And, uh, and the state of California did not take kindly to that specifically, uh, Senator Nancy Skinner, who called it a threat and said, we will not be threatened nor bullied and governor Gavin Newsom. And that, that bill passed 72 to nothing into law. it is now the law of the land in the state of California to go into effect, I believe in 2023, other states have followed suit, uh, including the state of Florida, who's passed a law that I think goes into effect in 2021. So after saying all that, the NCAA comes out with, with uh, hey, we want to we provide name, image, and likeness rights. But they said as long as it fits within the collegiate model, which is, is like saying we want to allow unlimited showers to the players as long as they never get wet. <laughs> they're not, they don't want to do this, and they're not going to do it. And so in one part – Pat, they've been lying to us this whole way. They don't want to do this. So they're running to Congress to say, all right, here's what, here's what we're saying we want to do, but we want, to, we want you to provide us with a, an antitrust exemption so we can continue our cartel behavior that has been proven in court and on appeal that it violates federal antitrust law. That's what they're asking. And so it's really disingenuous at best. And, and so the truth is, or at least I, I believe, they don't, they don't want to do this and they're not going to do it. Absent the government saying, you can do this with government protection, we will allow you to violate federal antitrust law. Um, they're not going to do this. And you're seeing, whether it's Bubba Cunningham for the University of North Carolina, Kevin White uh, of Duke University, put, they, they put out statements that, and yeah. sent letters saying, saying, this is wrong. We should not do this because, uh, you know, it's, it treats players unequally as if they get treated equally now. Mo- you know, most players don't even get scholarships. And they're talking about money being redirected from the school to players. And like, they're basically saying, wait, wait a minute, this is our money. So we can pay each other fair market value, not so the athletes can realize value. It's so we can pay each other fair market value. And so we can determine whether we want to provide more money to football and basketball than we do to all other sports. If we want to provide scholarships to football and basketball players, and yet players at Olympic sports have to pay their own way. We, we want to determine that. It's unfair that the market determines it. We get to determine it. And uh, I thought it was incredibly tone deaf for, for both of those gentlemen who I, I both love dearly. I just differ with them on this. Um, uh, it, it's just wrong for, for the structure to go about it this way. I promise I'm going to have an actual basketball question for you, but before I get to that, Oklahoma State gets hammered pretty hard on uh, the, what the punishment there. And again, I, I'm still we're, we're still 
no matter how many times it happens, we keep coming back to the question, the players getting punished are the ones who committed no crimes, and it continues to be a problem. So you've got that issue. The second issue you have, should Louisville, Kansas, Auburn, uh, uh, LSU, should uh, Arizona, should schools like that be concerned that this was the first shoe to drop in the, uh, in the wiretap probe in terms of uh, what, what the NCAA will punish them? Uh, I mean, the last part of the question first, should everybody else be concerned? Yes, they should, because it's a clear signal that the NCAA has been embarrassed by some of their prior cases where they've screwed it up completely. uh, And they've been embarrassed by the FBI investigation and all the publicity that came from it. Uh, So they are going to swing the hammer and they don't care if they hit the nail and if they hit everybody's toes and fingers and all that. They don't care. Um, they're going to they're going to they think they're going to gain credibility back by uh, indiscriminate punishment and disproportionate uh, punishment and punishment that is inconsistent. Um, and I don't think that's how you gain credibility. I think that's how you continue to lose it. So just with your question about Oklahoma State and without, you know, go, you know, kind of lawyer explaining this whole thing. So the Oklahoma State case was pretty simple. A coach on staff at Oklahoma State took money from uh, uh, an agent, uh, and not not an agent, took money essentially from the government, but uh, uh, a government informant that was trying to uh, forward a scheme where the coach would take a bribe in order to provide, you know, kind of phony advice to players to sign with that financial advisor once they got to the NBA. So... Uh, the players were the victims of that. It's an ethical violation, not a rules violation. So, so the coach violated his ethics, and the victims were the players. Uh, so the, the NCAA admitted the school didn't know about it, nor should it reasonably have known about it. Um, uh, there was no recruiting advantage gained. No player went to Oklahoma State as a result of that, stayed at Oklahoma State as a result of it, or no ineligible player was played. And they hit, they hit them with a, uh, a one-year ban now from the tournament. Now, that, I think it's fine. Hey, you want to hammer the, uh, the coach? Absolutely. That's where, the, that's where the culpability lies, was that coach. Uh, you want to you hammer the school with a fine or something? Yeah, okay, if you want to do that. I think it takes away resources. It's like, it's like uh, a doctor commits malpractice, so they take away beds from the hospital. Like, who does that hurt? Or you, you can't use these operating rooms now. Well, who does that hurt? It hurts the patients. Uh, but here, the victims of that, that ethical violation were the players. And so they're punishing, not only they're punishing the future players, and they think that's going to be effective punishment or a deterrent. You know, do you think, I mean, does anybody think that a coach facing jail time is, is going to say, hey, boy, I probably shouldn't do this because, uh, you know, it's going to cost players a uh, chance at the NCAA tournament. If they're, if they're willing to risk their freedom and their career, why would they care about that? They're, it's just a question of what, what's the appropriate level of punishment, and I, I think they missed the mark widely here. I think they're going to do it again and again and again. But you've got some people uh, like me that are saying, you know, let's try when, when we swing a hammer, let's, let's hit the nail. 
and you have others that say, it doesn't matter, hit whoever, because we want to send a message. Well, the message isn't going to be received by those you want to receive it. Um, you know, it, it, it's like you, you don't, you know, it's like accepting collateral damage. If you, if you drop a bomb and, and, you, and you do hit the target, you do hit the person you want to, to eliminate, but you also, you also uh, uh, you know, kill a bunch of school children next door, you know, maybe not the best way to do it. And that's probably not a very good analogy, but, but, but that's, that's sort of the, the, the way it looks here. And, uh, and they're going to do this again with, uh, with Kansas, and they'll do it with NC State. You know, what will be interesting is this coach, Lamont Evans, was at both Oklahoma State and South mm-hmm. Carolina. Right. Yeah. So they just hammered Oklahoma State. What, are they going to do the same thing to South Carolina for the same offense? That'll be interesting to see. Yeah, absolutely. One basketball question, and I'll let you go. I know it was difficult to not have the, the, the tournament this year for you. How do you think we're going to see college basketball next year? Do you think it's going to be affected in any way by the fact that we didn't have the tournament and, and there could be a late start for a lot of these guys in terms of getting on the campus and getting to practice? I think it'll be affected greatly. I don't know exactly how it'll look. A lot will depend on what happens with college football, the NFL, um, you know, Major League Baseball, uh, the NBA, and the like. Uh, as you probably know, what a lot of schools are doing is they are planning on starting school earlier for, for all their st- regular students, athletes, and the like, starting it earlier and then ending their first semester. Now, I don't know what they're doing in the quarter system, but first semester ending it early. So they'd end it in you know, mid-November uh, toward Thanksgiving break. And then they are planning on not bringing their students back for the second semester. If things are, are good and they can, great. That will absolutely affect basketball. There's no question. Um, there's a, we, you don't know whether they'll be able to have fans. You certainly hope so. Uh, you don't know what's going to happen with regard to um, you know their policies, and then there's another thing that I think is of great interest, and that is especially now, Pat. We've got so many older coaches in the game. Yeah, you know, are they going to put those coaches at risk? And and whose choice is that? How do we handle that? I, I don't know the answer to that, um, but but I know it will definitely affect basketball. So so if, if it turns out we do have a second wave of this in the fall, does that mean that ba- you know they get through football season because they're going to play football? There is no question we're playing football. Yep. Uh, do we sacrifice basketball? Does that happen? Um, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer. Uh, I'm just hopeful that everything. My my greatest hope at the beginning of this was, and I, and I said this when we were at the ACC tournament, the, the tournament got canceled, you know, you know the SEC tournament, all the tournaments got canceled. I was so hopeful at that time. I hope we look back on this and say, I can't believe we overreacted like that. Um, and I hope, I hope we get to a point where we can get back to some semblance of what we think is normal life and and make things better going forward, but we go, God, we overreacted. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> I would love to second guess all of our decisions and say how we overreacted. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I got to watch one basketball game up in Nashville, so that was not fun. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, hey hey Jay, we really appreciate. It. He is a great Jay Billis from ESPN. We appreciate his time. We'll be back with more of the Duly Noted podcast right after we take this break. All right, thanks so much to Jay Billis for coming on. He's uh, 
boy, he's when he's talking, I just feel like the dumbest guy in the room. Of course, I'm the only guy in the room, but <laughs> he's not in the room. I still feel like the dumbest guy in the room. He's such a smart guy. I love love it when he comes on and super nice as well. All right. Saw this thing today on um, a couple of things I want to talk football-related. The uh, Some odds came out. Florida, 12-1 to to win the national championship, but they were the fifth – best odds of anybody and i think that's i think that's where people see florida as a rule like when the final vote is taken with the playoff committee florida probably i think this is where people see florida they'll be in fifth or sixth but they won't be in it now i don't know if they're going to get in or not i mean there's a lot there's a lot going their way we we talked about that quarterback with that has experience coach who knows what he's doing you know, 21 wins over the last two years. I, I like the roster better than the roster last year, uh, but there are some weaknesses. There are some holes. There are guys that are going to be hard to replace. I, all that we've talked about. Schedule is set up beautifully. You got three easy games and FSU and non-conference. I've started calling it non-con, and I'm noticing other people are too. I don't call it non-conference games anymore. I call it the non-cons. Yeah, and the non-cons, of course, Florida's got three easy games if we play as scheduled. And FSU, even in the last game of the year, you can't think they they're going to have a big, huge, massive improvement. I don't, I don't see that. Okay, they'll probably be a little better. They'll have to be more disciplined because to be more disciplined, they would have to have a modicum of discipline, which they had none before. So, yeah, I mean, I I like Florida's chances there. And, of course, you get LSU at home. Your road SEC West team is Ole Miss, which I think Ole Miss, I think Lane Kiffin will do a fine job there, but that that should be a good place to want to go. You'd rather go to Ole Miss and go to Auburn, go to LSU, go to Alabama, go to A&M, okay? This is the place you want to go. In fact, I'd rather go there than Mississippi State just because Mississippi State's so freaking noisy. And I mean noisy in a bad way. So everything you like about that uh, with Florida, it's set up for a good year. And we'll just see. It's all going to come down to the Georgia game. It's a one-game season, really. I mean, that is so atypical Pat Dooley. Oh, I don't know. That Kentucky game really worries me. Oh, I don't know. You know, Tennessee really worries me. You know, Missouri, they've struggled in the past. I just feel like this team is is ready to be the be- one of the better teams in the country, and it's going to come down to Georgia. Do they beat Georgia? Georgia's going to be one of the better teams in the country too. Ought to be a hell of a day. And um, if everything goes as scheduled, that day, I think it's the 31st, right? Might be the biggest Florida-Georgia game ever. Ever. In fact, that, that wouldn't be a bad column. What will have to happen for it to be the biggest Florida-Georgia game ever? Eh, I'm mulling that one over in my head, okay? I'm all, look, we're desperate for story ideas, so if you have any, please. And I've had some people send them. Some people send me story ideas, and they're not bad ideas. I, I just have I, – I, I'm trying to figure out how to execute them. Uh, but we're look, we're sticking with the Gators here, okay, guys? I, uh, we had somebody send us one that was a great idea for a fact or fiction. 
Will Colin Kaepernick play in the NFL this year? Great idea. But we're trying to stick to the Gators because you've shown us that's what you want. You want to read Gator, 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 football, 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 football. And that's what we're trying to give you. In fact, um, some of the things we've done that we thought were not that big a deal have gotten an unbelievable number of clicks. So that's kind of cool. Um, also, the odds for Kyle Trask to win the Heisman, 25 to 1. You got a fin you want to put on that? Uh, Jamie Newman has better odds, 16 to 1. Now, I asked a guy who, who sends me odds all the time uh, one day if there was a way to bet against something happening. Like, I would bet against Jamie Newman winning the Heisman. I don't think that's happening. I, I think the Jamie Newman hype is overhype. And unless he goes out in the third game of the year, I guess I think it is, right? They play Alabama and and is looks like Johnny Manziel did against Alabama that year. And then I'll go, I was wrong. And look, you can be wrong and you can be right. I'm, I'm wrong a lot. Pick games wrong, wrong about players, a million times. Um, this was another little thing I saw that I thought was pretty cool. Adam Rittenberg did this on ESPN.com. We may get, in fact, Adam would have been a good guy to get on to talk about this. Maybe we'll get him next week. Um, and he, he did the tier coaches, a tier of coaches. In other words, coaching jobs, tier one, tier two, tier three, tier four. So these are the schools on the tier one, Alabama, not surprised there, are you? Clemson, and let's face it, Dabo and that and the people, the money people at Clemson have turned that into a tier one job. That wasn't always a tier one job. Um, I mean, Alabama has been a tier one job since Bear Bryant was there. Clemson was, as I would say, has become in the last six or seven years become a tier one job. Uh, Florida, which I've always felt was a tier one job, just they had to get the right guy in there to make it a tier one performance, and his name was Stephen Orspurrier. And then, of course, Florida probably is the one school that is a tier one job that somehow you can still have four one seasons. And that's baffling in a way. But that's another column for another time. Georgia would agree 100% on that. LSU, definitely. Ohio State. Oklahoma, Texas, no question about those. USC is the last one he put in there, and that's the one I go, see, I just think if you're in a stadium that's in a not great part of town and you don't, it's not even really your home stadium, There's to me there's a negativity that goes with that, you know? But – they recruit awfully well, and there's a tradition there, and there's, you know, they've got a lot going for them. So I, I like, I get why you would put them in there. I personally would not. The three that they left out that were a little bit surprising, you may find surprising. They're they're in tier two, I assume. Now again, this was an ESPN Plus story, so I couldn't read past tier one. <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not pay I'm paying enough for for all these streaming services. I don't need to pay for ESPN Plus. Notre Dame. And I think the biggest reason is it's harder to get into Notre Dame. They have academic restrictions that maybe takes it away from being that. But if Jim Tressel doesn't get in trouble 
and Notre Dame is looking for a coach. You don't think Urban Meyer would would be the coach at Notre Dame? He would have taken that job. It might have been tier one then. In fact, Urban told me one time when he was discussing with Notre Dame or Florida, Urban said, you know, they told me they're going to start pulling back on some of the restrictions for students to get into school. And he was that was one reason that they were one thing they were using to entice him to go to Notre Dame. But there is still there are still restrictions there. Maybe that's the biggest reason. Um, but still, I think a great job. Michigan, you would think, would be there. I, I would put Michigan in a, a, instead of USC. Just my opinion. Just because they haven't won as big as you would think they would for a while. You know, Lloyd Carr had that one year, but shouldn't Michigan have won more, you know, keep losing to Ohio State every year, blah, blah, blah. And, of course, Florida State. And Florida State, I think the biggest reason is that Florida State doesn't seem to have the money. They don't seem to ever have a lot of money. And money to do the things they wanted to do is the biggest reason that Jimbo left. And I, I would I would definitely knock them down to Tier 2 because of that. There's some reasons I would consider them Tier 1. You know, I, I think that they have a lot of things going in their, in their direction the positive way, including, you know, two campuses full of women. Believe me, that is a plus for the uh, Florida State University. No doubt about it. I mean, a lot of uh, – you got that, and you also have a great winning tradition that Bobby Bowden built there. All right, so there's that. And do we, it, it, that's it. I think that's all I got for right now. I want to talk – Robbie and I are going to do this thing in a couple of weeks call, and it's going to be the top 20 Gator football teams of all time. Okay, number one, you know – I, I don't know that we've never done it. I don't think we have, but we're going to do it. And I was kind of jotting down them. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. In fact, I will make. I may make some arguments when Robbie and I are discussing this that I'm not sure that O one and O and, and I'm sorry O one and ninety five team shouldn't be ahead of the team in O six that won the national title. How about that? So we've already started controversy. Well, I've started a controversy. All right, let's do three things. It's time for three things. Sponsored by Regions Bank. Making life better every day. Number one on three things. Um, I, I happen to like Colin Coward. Uh, I don't always agree with him. I don't like it when he talks about college sports. He should never talk about college football. He doesn't know it like he thinks he knows it. He knows it from a West Coast perspective. And that's fine. But I love it when he talks about other things. I think he's really smart, and um, I, I I agree with him. Every once in a while, he'll say something, and I go, huh. Well, he said something yesterday, and I go, that's what I've been saying for a long time. And what, what he said was this, Dak Prescott is hard to evaluate. And I agree, because it's easy to blame Jason Garrett but he's had so much talent around him. He's had some success. A lot of people believe he's getting screwed on his contract, and I'm one of them. But he's a hard guy to evaluate how good he is. What tier would you put him on? And he said what I've been thinking for a long time, and so I said, great minds think alike. Of course, not everybody's going to agree with that. But I think he is a really hard guy to evaluate. How good is Dak Prescott? I don't know. Maybe we find out with with McCarthy as the coach. 
Uh, maybe all of a sudden he's really good. Uh, all right, that was so. Anyway, I just thought it was interesting. Uh, number two, I know that you've got to do all, a million things, lists, and all this, and we're doing them all. We're we're battling through this whole issue that with of no sports, uh, but. It's kind of funny. Joe Lenardi came out with a new bracketology last week, and I was like, well, yeah, some things have changed. Okay, fine. Not that it means anything, but I appreciate it because it gives me something to look at. It gives you something to talk about. Dropped Florida down to a seven. They were higher. I think they were a five or a four because Andrew Nemhard didn't come back. I think Florida might be better without Andrew Nemhard, personally. Okay, so put that in your pipe, Joe Lenardi, and smoke it. All right, number three, happy birthday to two of my favorite people today. It's Tuesday. If you're listening to Wednesday, happy belated birthday. Uh, my radio partner, Jeff Cardozo, love him to death. Uh, not a better person in the world. Has done so many great things for me, and I, I can't say enough good things about him. How about his son hitting a grand slam over the fence, over the big fence, Saturday in a uh, in a game. So, Austin, congratulations to you. But happy birthday to Jeff. I don't know how old he is. Um, I I think he's he's maybe lying about his age anyway. And a happy birthday to Mike Miller. In fact, I just saw some video of Mike Miller working out with Trey Mann down at um down at uh, the Villages. So, um, but anyway, Mike Miller. Uh, we all know about Mike Miller, right? I mean, we know the shot. We know what how, what he did for Florida basketball. When he came to Florida, he changed the whole trajectory of Florida basketball. That changed everything. Steve Spurrier and Mike Miller changed Florida in football and basketball. And uh, just a great guy. Um, obviously married to a former Florida volleyball player as well. He's a Gator. We love him. Happy birthday, Mike. And that'll do it for today's podcast. Appreciate everybody for listening in. Thanks so much to Jay Billis for joining us. I got to go put some food in a crock pot and stir it up. Until next time, this is Pat Dooley, the sports columnist of the Gainesville Sun, saying I'm deep, I am way back, and I am out of here. The Duly Noted Podcast is brought to you by Tire Kingdom. Let Tire Kingdom get you there safely and affordably. Midas, trust the Midas touch. Outback Steakhouse, no rules, just right. And by Regions Bank, making life better every day.